To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is a blending of the second reading and the gospel for this morning from Romans 13 and uh, Matthew 24. I recall just these words from Matthew. Therefore, be alert because you don't know on what day your Lord will return. And from Romans 13, our salvation is nearer now than when we first became believers. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, who will return to judge both the living and the dead, my beloved. I mentioned before your 2017 calendars are here in the kiosk. Uh, Calendars are a very important uh, item of our lives, electronic or paper. Throughout our lives, we mark all those important days that are coming so we don't forget them. We can keep on schedule and provide the the needed preparation that needs to be made as the days get closer. A young pregnant couple marks the day of their new expected child. The high school or college student marks the day of final exams. Some important days uh, you don't have to mark in your calendar at all. Uh, December 25th, Christmas. Christmas is coming. And how about uh, the other important day? You know, when the weatherman says, terrible snowstorm in two days, you better gas up the snowblowers. The arrival of a new baby, final exams, Christmas Day, winter snowstorm, all important days. All necessitate plans and preparations. And if you fail to check your calendar, TV, or computer, you could be unprepared. And that might mean uh, embarrassment, of a lot of discomfort and uh, disruption, and perhaps even a failing grade. But lack of preparation for the most important day on God's calendar will mean disaster. Spiritual procrastination equals disaster. And so out of love for us this morning, Jesus and St. Paul issue a brotherly warning to tell us and to remind us that the day of the Lord is coming, so be prepared. So here we are already celebrating the first Sunday in Advent. Advent means coming. And the season of Advent, we remind ourselves that Jesus is coming again. And when he comes his second time visibly, it's not going to be like the first time in the dirt and the dust of a manger. It's going to be from the clouds with power and great glory to judge both the living and the dead. When the last day arrives, Jesus will visibly and physically divide his faithful believers from unbelievers, and take his children home to be in heaven with him and to send the unbelievers to hell forever. 
Now we're living in a world that doesn't want to listen to stuff like that. That's the reality of Advent. Jesus tells us in chapter 25 of Matthew, when the Son of Man comes in glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now the words before us this morning in Matthew 24 are an answer to Jesus' disciples' question as to when the destruction of Jerusalem would uh, take place and what would be the signs of its coming. Now, two weeks ago, we listened to Jesus give answers to the second question as to what would be the signs that Jerusalem would be destroyed and the end of the world would come. Today, Jesus answers really the, the, uh, the first question, when will that day come? And Jesus gives them an answer and he says, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And there is a mystery of Scripture that at that time, Jesus in his human form did not even know the day of judgment day when it was coming. He does now. Now, I think you've heard stories about people who have always tried to calculate, you know, when the last day is going to come. You see some of those religious shows on TV that one guy with his whiteboard and he's writing all those numbers down and he tells you uh, when, when the last day is going to be pretty soon. And then uh, years and years ago, there were the Russellites. Uh, they uh, said, oh, the end of the world, their, their, uh, their uh, leader said, that, so let's, uh, let's all get dressed up in white gowns and we'll go to the top of the mountain and wait for Jesus at midnight on this particular day. Jesus never came. Even in Scripture, shortly after Jesus ascended into heaven, St. Paul had to write some letters of corrections to some of the churches because they said, you know what? Jesus is coming tomorrow. And if he doesn't come tomorrow, certainly he's going to come next month. And if he doesn't come next month, certainly it's going to be the month after that. So you know what they did? They quit their jobs and they threw their money away. And then they became leeches on other Christians. Nobody can calculate when Jesus is coming again. But one thing we do know, St. Paul tells us in the reading from Romans today, he says, our salvation is nearer now than when we first became believers. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. That means that the last day is one day closer than it was yesterday. And it's getting closer every moment. And it could be today. Now, for people who practice spiritual procrastination, disaster is waiting. Jesus uh, uses a reminder from history. He says, For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day, Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what happened until the flood came and took all things away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. You ever think about that? Noah was given the instructions to build an ark. Now, I don't know how many years it took him, but he gave the world 120 years of grace before the event happened. And uh, they disregarded the message, and then the flood came quickly, and they all died. The last day will come quickly. Jesus says, two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding in the the hand in the mill, and one will be taken, and the other left. Everyday tasks are going to go on just as usual. You're going to go home after church and you're going to eat your lunch. 
and then you're going to eat your supper, and tomorrow morning you get up and you go to work, and everything looks like it goes on forever and ever. And all of a sudden, the end will come. One will be taken to heaven, the other one will be left for hell. One will be taken for heaven, the other one will be left for hell. And at the last time, at the last day, there will be no last-minute preparations because the faith in your heart at the time of Judgment Day or your death will determine your eternal destination. And so the warning again from Jesus, Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. It's kind of interesting when you take a look at these words of Jesus that these words were not given to unbelievers. They were given to Jesus-believing disciples whom he loved. Why did he give these words of warning? John tells us, chapter 6, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. After you become a child of God, Jesus does not want to lose you ever again got to tell you a story what happened when i was 16 years old and i know it was 16 years old because i just got my driver's license we were taking a family vacation visiting some relatives up in winona minnesota i had two younger sisters they were pre-kindergarten age and we went to a park with my parents and me and walked around saw all the flowers and there was a a circular area uh, surrounded by a, a driveway And my sisters and I were out there, and all of a sudden, they saw my parents on the other side of the road, and so they started running towards them. What they did not see was that there was a car coming, and the car did not see them. And so at the last, I was looking at what's going to happen, what's going to happen. I said, stop, stop, and come back here. Fortunately, they stopped right at the curb. The car went right on by. I'm absolutely convinced that if I had not shouted out and got hoarse, that they would have either both been dead or very uh, much disabled. Why did I issue the warning? Because I cared, because they were my sisters. Only in the natural response to yell. It was a warning out of love and concern. What saved my sisters that day? They heard the warning and they stopped and they came back to me. And that's an accurate example of repentance. Repentance means going in one direction and all of a sudden making a 180-degree turnaround to go in the other. Now, this morning, I want to talk about two kinds of repentances that are found in the Bible. Repentance, capital R, and repentance, small r. And both the R's are Advent activities. In Advent, we are waiting for Jesus' return. But just like waiting for final exams or the expected baby or Christmas or the snowstorm, this is not to be a time of passivity, but a time of activity. Repentance, capital R. First of all, required some great activity on God's part 
to save you, God had to work repentance in your hearts. Because you know that when we're born into this world, we're born enemies of God, hostile to him. And so through holy baptism and God's holy word, he calls us to repentance from going to hell to turn around to go to heaven. That repentance is changing from an unbeliever to a believer. And to keep you in repentance, God calls upon you for some Advent activity to run regularly and daily and continually to his holy word of grace so that he can keep you in that repentant faith so that you will be prepared for his return every moment. And that's why your appointment with Jesus is so very important. And if you haven't been keeping your appointments with Jesus, start keeping it now. And so, you, oh, I forgot a day I got to catch up. Just start with the day that you're on. You need that appointment with Jesus. We need to come into God's house. And when we do all those things, I hope you recognize, you know, you're not doing it to do the pastor a favor. You're not doing it to uh, your, your, your spouse a favor. You're not doing it to, to, to make a favor to the board of elders. You come here to do yourself a favor by feeding your soul with the bread from heaven, the water of life. God uses his word to keep you close because now that he has you as his own, he doesn't want to lose you. Secondly, Advent calls for the activity of repentance, small r. Repentance also means, once you're a believer, to recognize your sin and your disobedience that can lead us away from our Lord. Look at that sin, make a 180-degree turnaround, and turn back to the Lord. Now, this morning, St. Paul talks about three different kinds of sin that have the power to lead us away from Jesus. We daily need to fight against those sins, turn away from them so they don't lead us away. St. Paul talks about staying away from sexual immorality and promiscuity. And we don't have to mention all the various different ways that the devil uses to uh, indulge us into the lewd and, and lascivious. It's on the internet. It's on the, in TV. It's on movies. It's even in physical contact. Jesus says, repent. St. Paul says, repent, run away. Don't frequent those dark sites on the web. Following God's command means abstinence prior to marriage. It means monogamous marriages between one man and one woman. St. Paul reminds us to put on the armor of light and maintain purity in thought, word, and deed. Honor God sexually with your mind and your body according to his will. St. Paul goes on and talks about wild parties and drunkenness. He says, keep yourself away from those uh, mind-altering substances, which can lead to a, a whole bunch of abuse of other sins when the body and mind are out of control. Repent, run away from it, because it can lead you away from Jesus. St. Paul also uh, mentions rivalry and jealousy, any kind of anger or strife that stands between two people. And perhaps God is calling upon you this Advent season to finally remove that anger and that strife that's between you and somebody else or you and a family member 
and to repent, either verbally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to forgive as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Repentance, turning from sin, which the devil uses to lure us away from our Savior, that's an Advent activity. And we need to pursue it to be prepared for Jesus' return. Just got this little article out of one of my uh, spiritual uh, periodicals. It says, I wonder what it would be like if somehow Christmas could come at a different time every year. We would still plan for it, still take a day off, still have the same celebrations. It just wouldn't necessarily happen on December 25th. All we would know is that it would happen sometime in December. And one morning we would wake up and the TV or radio would announce, Today's the day. Merry Christmas. How would we plan differently? How would our gift giving and our holiday routines change? How would we receive the day? The coming of Christ is ever and always a surprise. And to those who trust the promise of God, it is filled with the thrill of joy. The day of the Lord is coming. So what would you want Jesus to find you doing at his return? And so you see, it's time for some Advent activity. It's time to repent, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved. And it's time to repent, to turn away from sin and stay at the side of your Savior. Are you ready? I know that you are. Because Jesus is near and Jesus is here. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, died and was buried. He descended into hell. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Take time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.